This is All Thing Therapy, where we are changing consciousness, one conversation at a time. And I'm Lisa Tahir, your host. Hello there. Welcome to All Things Therapy podcast. I am so stoked to be with you today. In a few minutes, I have a friend coming on the show. He is the host of the Green Pill Podcast. I was a guest recently. Alex Shenkarovsky is a health coach. He really wants to help you optimize your health in every way, fitness and nutrition with some really supportive accountability. And y'all know if you listen, health and wellness, it's my wheelhouse, mental health, physical health, spiritual health. So Alex is joining us today in a few moments. So you know who's on the show today. And I just want to direct you to my website. If you're interested in finding a therapist to work with, I do Zoom and phone sessions, nolatherapy.com go there to learn more about my work. Reach out for a 20-minute call to see if we're a good fit, and I'd love to support you in that way. Okay, Alex, I'm going to bring you into the stream as I continue to introduce you. Hello. Hey, folks. Hey, Lisa. How are you today? So excited to be on with you. Just a couple weeks after we shot our Green Pill podcast, and we really got into your background and your work, so thank you for bringing me on. No, you're welcome, Alex. I'm so excited for you to share more of your story because it's really deep and it's really transformative for people. You are a health and wellness professional. However, Mm -hmm. you have done the work of healing your own wounds, your own experiences, and you're really passionate about helping impact you know, impacting people's health journey in a positive way. And I wondered if you could start by sharing some of it. Was there a moment that you started to feel into like your life experience? Something's going to come of this. Like I'm going to, I'm going to help people like this is transforming. Mm, When it really struck me that this is what I want to do for my work. You know, I was at my first job out of college uh, in New York City. I had graduated a year early, so I think I was 20 or 21 years old working at a big company in New York City, and it, every day I would go in, and go, oh, I don't really like this, and I was getting lunch with with a friend, and he said, well, why don't you try that corporate yoga thing? I said, oh, that idea where I go into offices and teach yoga? He's like, yeah, why, why don't you do it? <laughs> I said, oh, okay. okay, yeah, exactly, and I within two weeks, uh, resigned. They said, Oh, we want you to stay, you know, if you want to come back anytime, you know, so there's no downside risk to leave. I could come back. All of a sudden I was 21. I had some money I saved up and I was calling everybody I knew to teach yoga. Uh, So I did a one month teacher training and the rest is history. Okay. Wow. I didn't realize that's how you started was teaching yoga. Yeah. And there's a lot more that happened after that, um, which I can get into. So I started by, t- by teaching yoga in college, actually, when I was maybe 19 and, and did some training there. Um, and, and that was really enjoyable. And I really got a lot of satisfaction just after the class. Everyone's smiling faces coming up to me, thanking me. And then I went back to the finance world. And I said, oh, but, you know, this is my profession. And then when that moment struck um, at my first job, I quit. I started an- another yoga teacher training for three or four weeks, very intensive in New York City. And then just started building my website and calling everybody I knew. Um, and that first couple of years I had, you know, some really, really outstanding 
big companies and some smaller companies that brought me in to teach yoga. And then I started hiring instructors. Um, and then there are some definitely some detours and journeys around the way to get to where I am today as a health coach, where I really help individuals just feel okay in their body. So, you know, get from where they want to be to, uh, from where they are to where they want to be. So uh, it does really circle on emotional health and mental health, though. I think that's that's what our life is about. And, you know, I know you have training in advanced functional medicine. You brought in the yoga, health coaching, fitness training. And also what really spoke to me is when I came on the Green Pill podcast and you shared about growing up in a family where your mom had mental illness and passed away when you were 17. And I can't imagine what, you know, that was like for you to find your way. And I wondered how you did that. Hmm. Um, so my mom, you know, I, I grew up, um, well, let me, let me share where I grew up. So outside the suburbs of Philadelphia, you know, big houses, cul-de-sacs, um, my parents were immigrants from Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they left in the seventies. And so by the time I was born in the early nineties, just dating myself a bit, they, you know, they had been there for maybe not even 20 years. And so I was first generation and, um, that made an interesting juxtaposition to most of my friends who whose families had been there for a while. And, you know, I was more of kind of an immigrant kid, but, you know, I was also born here. And um, and that, that colored my early life a lot. And I was really adjusted. I had all my friends. and I was really tight with them. Um, and, and I was really grateful for where I grew up because I was able to play outside. I had everything. You know, it was very privileged, great school, all that stuff. Yeah. That was great. You know, at the same time, my mom was was schizophrenic and undiagnosed essentially i mean she wouldn't go to doctors you know she she would she could think she could read my thoughts and my sister's thoughts mm. um man lots lots of lots of things that you know just would only be familiar if you if you know that disease and that and that disease really entails folks imagining and being in psychosis where a lot of things that aren't really happening they they believe are happening and so she was a really sweet mother and really amazing and um, I love her so much and I, and I miss her, um, yeah. you know, since she passed away when I was 17, but that was just my reality growing up the whole time. Um, and so you asked me, how did I get through her passing? I mean, for the last few years before she had passed away, I would see her maybe once every couple months, we would talk on the phone every month or every few weeks. She wasn't someone that had any contact really outside me or her family because she was, mm -hmm. um, not very social, you know, she, her disease really made her afraid and paranoid. Yeah. Um, so when she got, when I got the call that she got sick, you know, I really got upset of course. And I kind of knew something like this would happen one day. And it, um, you know, I remember getting the call, writing in my friend's call and I get, I get the call that, you know, she got picked up by the police cause she was anemic uh. and was driving like poorly and taken to the hospital. She was bleeding. And I just slammed my fist on the side of the car because something in me knew like wow this this tragic thing finally happened because she wasn't right. well you know so th she had a can pretty bad stage four cancer diagnosis uh you know three months in the hospital uh you know that means me and my sister driving two hours back and forth but you know we took care of all her stuff like her her house her bills her doctors her social worker we, her, my sister and i took care of all that my dad was supportive my grandma was supportive Mm -hmm. And she, you know, she was so sick, she wasn't going to recover. And so she, we, we took her to hospice. She agreed to go to hospice. And, you know, in one, in one respect, I look back at that time, those last three months of my mom and my sister and my grandma supporting her. And it, I really, I'm really touched because we had never been that close since, yeah. since my parents had divorced when I was 12. 
Um, and, and so how did I get through that? Well, luckily my, my stepmom and my dad and my sister were all really supportive. Um, and you know, of course I partied a lot being 17, 18, yeah. trying to just get that energy out of me. Um, I ran track my senior year that after she had passed away and I was extremely fast, like set records for the school. I don't know what got into me. You know, I wasn't that good before that. And uh-huh. that, you know, I partied a lot, partied a lot. And then finally I found yoga in college and something switched to me. I said, okay, I guess I'm not going to take my own life. I guess I'm going to live and enjoy it. You know, I'm going to feel great. Uh, I'm not going to be depressed, right? I'm 18 mm-hmm. years old. I want to live. I want to thrive. Mm-hmm. And so I turned towards health and I got really, really, really into my own health and the health of the people around me. Um, and that was really history. So I, I found health as the way to get through what I went through. You know, I'm feeling this deep compassion and really touched by by the kindness, by the love that you're able to, as you share your story and these events that were painful, just the love you have for your mother and and just the the compassion and the empathy and even going through something so challenging and being young, finding, you know, just the way you speak, there's such a beautiful energy to this story. And I really appreciate it. Like I feel it in my heart. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really yeah. telling it, telling it from the heart. Um, you really and I think are. people, you know, people need to hear these stories um, because everyone's going through something in their family and not everyone knows where to turn, you know, and um, I, I really benefited so much from people like you as I, as I went through that. So therapy was a big support for me while my mom was sick and, and afterwards and while I was in college, I mean, twice a week, once a week. So yeah. I was in gr- grief support groups when I was in college. So I really sought out help. I mean, I'm really, you really that, did. Yeah. I'm someone that really trusts the financiers, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so that was a big part of it, but, um, it was cathartic, you know, in a way, I mean, she was so sick my whole life. And I miss her so much. And also she's in a better place um, because she, she was really she was really suffering. When you shared a part of the story when I was on your show and I mm-hmm. thought back to my mom, um, we're in a good place now. But when I was in high school, she had serious addiction to alcohol and to amphetamines. And there was a time like I didn't know that she would be in an amphetamine induced psychosis. And when I heard you just talk about your mom, like the psychosis and the fear and the paranoia and things like I didn't know, I wasn't, you know, I was young. I just was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Like something felt so wrong and it was so scary and, and it was unpredictable, her rages and coming in my room at 2am, flicking the light on and throwing all the clothes out my drawers and saying, now pick all this shit up. And, you know, things that were just like, I didn't really talk about it. Cause I'm like, I don't think this is happening in other people's houses. And it was just, you know, I just did it. I just cleaned up and moved on. And it wasn't until I finished college was 21 and realized I had a bunch of emotional, uh, like issues, just depression and anxiety and addiction. And I was like, I cannot let myself be like her, you know, I don't like, I knew I needed some help and, you know, my mom didn't seek it. And like, so I did and started therapy mm-hmm. at 21. And for me, health became, I remember I started working out at 21. I worked in a restaurant and a lot of the guys that were the waiters, we went to the same gym and they would help me. They would teach me how to use the machines and spot me with free weights. And I found like my body being strong. I saw as a parallel to my mind and my, my body got strong 
stronger, faster than my mind. Like that's taken more work, <laughs> the mental health and, and the emotional health. But like I haven't given up either. So I really appreciate your story, Alex. Like I feel you. And, mm. I, and I, I, I thank you so much um, for, yeah, for acknowledging me and giving me a place to share this story because I think it's so important for others. Um, and and I'd love to also hear what, what made you flip that switch when you're 21 because you looked, I don't know, you looked in the mirror and said, wow, I have all these things going on. I don't feel stable. I don't feel good. Um, so I don't know if you, you'd like to share that on, on another podcast too. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. And much like you, just really knowing and the part of me believing, like I sent you, like there's better for me and, and like, mm -hmm. I, I'm going to find that I'm going to be about that. And just, mm -hmm. you were so di diligent to even, um, you know, just reach out and, and like find your health, find your healing. And I think people really have to want to feel better sometime, especially when there are chronic issues happening mentally, physically, emotionally. It's really like you have to want your health and wellness more than anything. And so I'm mm. wondering what, what kind of clients do you notice come to you now? And has that changed through your career of doing this as you grow and evolve? Totally. Um, as I mentioned, maybe 10 years back, I was teaching group fitness. So yoga, then that evolved into boot camp and abs at different gyms in New York City. And I started to get some private yoga clients who are, you know, just folks who were in the corporate environment who had just sat too much, really. You know, they, yeah. they're like this and they wondered sure. why. And, and I said, hey, <laughs> pay attention, like the way you're sitting, the way you're carrying your bag, the way are you sleeping enough? And um, so I started to get those folks. And then as I started teaching boot camp and started doing personal training, the folks who came to me would be, you know, mid 30s, also kind of corporate environment or had just had a kid. And they were the intense people who prioritize their health they said you know yeah. what i had a kid but i'm gonna lose that weight i don't care or yeah work is crushing me but i don't care i'm gonna prioritize my health i'm gonna pay this trainer 100 125 an hour to do it yeah and so these were really intense people because i was really intense at that time I you bet, know, teaching yeah. hit classes in new york city you should have yes. seen me so, it's awesome it's so fun you know mm -hmm. so fun and I'm, I'm gonna get back to it um so those were the people that sought me out so i think it as providers it is sometimes the energy you put out is what you attract and nowadays, I'm really tried to get more in tune with myself. So not be as intense as I was, was back then, but be more consistent. And now the people who typically come from therapists as referrals are, you know, late 40s, they've gotten kind of where they want to be with their career and their kids, but then they neglected their health for 20 years, you know, yeah. or yeah. they had some psychological issue that they didn't they they knew was there and they kind of tried to figure out and they've been in therapy for a couple of years and now they figured out the, the depression or the anxiety came from their parents and this is why it developed and here's how we can ameliorate it and mitigate it and heal it and then they say wait a second i don't want to leave my physical health on the table what about my sleep i don't want to be sleeping five hours a night what, what am i doing so then they they come to me for that so i think it's interesting how it evolves and it, and i still think it all relates to your mental state and your emotional state like you said Alex, I do too. And that you're able to, it sounds like people come to you today that maybe necessarily you weren't working with in New York at that other time. And you're mm -hmm. able to really tailor things to them based on their ability, what they want, which I think is so cool because fitness can be intimidating, especially looking like just going to a class and maybe you can't do everything. So it's not enticing to come back because you feel so behind. So I love like the customization that you offer people thank you and and um you're right that you go to a class and you might 
do a few moves that hurt your knee because you haven't worked out in a few months and you might have been an athlete before but you've got this nagging back or nagging knee injury and so a lot of us are walking around with different uh impairments that that we know about and that's fine you know you can heal that back you can heal that knee but it, it's going to involve the food you eat it's going to yeah. involve your sleep it's it's sort of all connected and um oh man i could keep going down that path so i'd love to hear yeah. where you where you think is interesting Absolutely, Alex. I want to weave in because I think it's a perfect time to share mm -hmm. Magic Mind and Nadavim supplements. I take that help me if I can bring you back on in just a few minutes. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a perfect segue to sharing. You know, when Alex was just saying about the food you eat and such, Magic Mind is something I've been drinking for quite a few months now. It's a shot that has a bunch of good things in it like vitamin C, echinacea ashwagandha, lion's mane mushrooms. It's a two-ounce shot, only 15 calories, gluten-free, vegan, paleo. I add it to my smoothie, and it really helps take the edge off of anxiety. And knowing that I'm getting some of these great supplements that help my body to recover and heal and prevent illness, Magic Mind, they are offering you 56% off a monthly subscription or 20% off a one-time order. Go to the link to learn more about them. And whole food is so important. Most of you know the food we're buying today, the vegetables and fruits do not have the same density of nutrients as they once did. And Juice Plus is something I take to help have whole foods in my body. And I'm not paid to talk about them. I just became a distributor. There's no discount. I just want you to check out Juice Plus, 17 fruits and vegetables that are put in capsules. And there's a link at the bottom of the show note to le learn more about them. And I think it's just a great way to get some whole food supplementation into your body that is absorbable. And lastly, a new supplement I'm taking, you might have heard of NAD supplementation. Natovim is a capsule that has NAD in it. NAD supplementation is typically given intravenously, an IV drip, but Natovim is one of the first in a capsule that's really potent. It helps the mitochondria of your cells to really replenish the powerhouse of our cells, good for brain focus, clarity, all kinds of good things. Again, link is in the show notes. And Alex, as I bring you back in, I'm curious if you take any kind of supplements or nutrient boosters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, take probiotics every morning uh the ones that are refrigerated instead of um oh yeah instead of sitting on the shelf i think that's key a ton of fermented food so there's a study that came out of stanford recently that compared fermented food a high fermented diet high fiber and then just normal standard american the high fermented folks came back with much lower immune response and they just subjectively reported being much happier so two I or three servings that. kombucha a day really cool study I'll, I'll send it over yeah um, and they, they had the most advanced lab uh, in the country doing blood work, measuring these immune uh, immune cells and their response. Uh, what else? I take a ma magnesium that crosses the blood-brain barrier. That's really key for sleep. Um, my girlfriend's gotten me into some other things. So CoQ10 and um, oh, yeah. a bit of fish oil. You know, a lot of folks have heard about fish oil. Yeah. Um, and yeah, beyond that, I would, I would just say lots of fruits, lots of veggies, some meat, some eggs. So pretty comprehensive diet 
Absolutely. You know, when mm-hmm. you just mentioned sleep, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm remembering how you also work with people with sleep coaching. Can you share That's about right. that? Because yeah, it's so I, important. I think, you know, a lot of us, as we get older, we sleep a little bit less. And so it's fine if you go from eight hours to seven and a half or seven, but if you're at four or five, you might be causing yourself some, uh, you might have increased your chance for Alzheimer's dementia, dementia, or all kinds of chronic metabolic disorders. Now I'm no doctor and, and, and check that out. I think that's just a general rule to think about that you, you need a fair amount of sleep. Um, and sleep's a pretty nuanced topic because it's eight hours of your day. So it's not a, a simple thing. Um, however, I think a big part of health communication nowadays with all the information on the internet is to keep things simple. And um, that's what I do with my clients. So if they call me and say, hey, I can't sleep, I throw a wearable onto them. So either an wow. Apple watch or a whoop yeah. or an aura ring, if you've heard of those. Yeah. And then we, we just me- measure it and we say, hey, we measure 30 days, we get a baseline. And and the key thing, Lisa, is measuring your daily behaviors um, and stacking them up against your sleep. So if you measure how many cups of coffee you drink, and if you drink alcohol, and if you take those supplements we just mentioned, and then you see the correlation, and these these wearables do a correlational analysis, you'll see when I drink three cups of coffee, my deep sleep goes down by 30%. So all of a sudden, it becomes very obvious, like, don't drink as much coffee. But if we don't have the data, we don't we don't make the change as easily. And so um, I'm really big on wearables and data with my clients. I think that's so cool that you're able to track them and help them really make change where it's necessary and not just kind of throwing something at the wall and right. seeing if it sticks. And that's how I differentiate between other health coaches, because I, I think everyone could be a little healthier. We all know our own habits, but it's the accountability, it's the measurable data, and it's it's taking action, right? If you could take action by yourself, you wouldn't call me, right? I mean, right. And, and that's the reality of it. I hate to be harsh. Um, and I don't try to keep people for two years. I say, I'm going to teach you to fish. You're going to feel yeah. great. Let's, let's set some specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound goals, so smart goals. Yeah. And, and let's get there and let's try to get on base. Let's hit a single. You know, we don't necessarily need to turn you from you, you don't need to lose 50 pounds tomorrow you know let's just mm-hmm. see how we do how would it feel to lose 10 pounds to feel better to exercise a bit to feel in control and and that's it and it's not always about weight loss either Lisa it's just about feeling in control of your life and thinking that you have agency and believing you have agency and that's again just bringing it back to the subject of the podcast which is all things therapy and mental health yeah and Alex will you share what is your ALH system that you created my system really involves a very comprehensive review of your health with very specific goals and very specific defined outcomes. So somebody comes to me, we throw a wearable on them, we run a blood test on them, we run maybe a genetic test on them. I make sure they see a functional medicine doctor before they okay. see me, and I make sure they have a therapy consult, right? Wow. Once you've got all that, I've got a baseline of like who you are, what you're struggling with. Then I interview you and I say, hey, where do you want to get in this period of time? What worked for you in the past? Because a lot of people have really successful practices. Mm-hmm. And then what do you hate? Like if you hate push-ups mm-hmm. or if if you love coffee so much, there's no way you're giving it up, then then we're going to work around that. You know, okay. if you love your glass of wine at night, have your glass of wine at night. I'll tell you the science of why that's maybe not the best idea. But I get a real good baseline on people, both data-driven and qualitative. And then we meet three times a week for 15 minutes. They sign up to my app. They get my exercises, my meal plans all of my action items, my goals, you know, if it means getting blackout curtains, I tell them, go talk to your wife about the blackout curtains. The next week I say, Hey, did you talk to your wife? 
and then we get where we need to be, you know? So that's, that's it. Awesome. Keep it really simple. Yeah. Thank you. I feel like it's complex and really thorough. The functional medicine doctor, a therapist, I've never heard that use like this really comprehensive and the accountability and giving people homework that's, that's going to create long-term change, like doing the things you just mentioned, investing in those practices. It's like long-term for your so, health and wellness. Yeah, exactly. It's not a quick fix. Um, and it's, it's, it's simple in the sense that I try to keep it simple for my clients. So I'm not going to write them paragraphs. I'm just going to write them do this, this, and this, something we agreed on. I'm going to follow up with you next week. Great. See you then. I keep it professional. Um, but ultimately, you know, there is a lot that goes into health and it is comprehensive, but not complex. You know, I think if everybody added 10 minutes a day of stretching to their routine, everyone would feel better. No one's ever said, yeah. I feel worse after stretching. So it's a simple thing to do. But like you said, it's comprehensive because it, it accumulates over time. Um, so it is long term in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then your podcast, The Green Pill. Mm -hmm. How did that come about for you? Well, um, exactly that story about my mom, you know, where I was I was able to get through that. You know, it was a really, really hard thing, um, objectively speaking. And and with the right support, um, I was privileged enough to have therapy and have a supportive family, have a roof over my head, have some money for college. I was able to get through that. And then I after that experience, I looked around at my family and I said, wait a minute, you guys are not the healthiest. What are we doing here? You know, I don't want to go through this again. You don't yeah. want to go like, why are, we, why are we repeating these intergenerational health patterns? Yes. So I said, but then they said, well, they said, Alex, I know you've become a health nut and that's great for you, but we don't want to hear it. And you and I spoke about <laughs> this, you know, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And so the Green Pill podcast idea is to figure out as, you know, health providers, how do we talk about health with those around us? And, and just as normal people, how do you tell your partner or how do you tell your, uh, your parent that, hey, it might be time to go see the neurologist or you seem a little off, like you seem a little down. How do you have that conversation? Because it's right. um, not, not always easy. So you had some amazing, amazing actionable tips as well as just anecdotes from your own life that I'm, I can't Thank wait you. to share. So um, that's how the podcast came about, just from my personal desire to really get that message of health out there. And Alex, is there something coming up that you're excited about that you're creating or, or intend to create at some point, like when you look down the road in, in, in every area of your life, just things you're excited about? Hmm. I think, you know, I think just like a lot of us aligning really daily and, and weekly, like, Hey, what do I want to do? And what's not serving me? Um, the ALH system, the podcast is all coming together. Uh, you know, being remote with my work is mm -hmm. great. And um, really just telling more stories and making sure I'm, I'm really being present with my narrative and, and getting the best narratives from other people and saying, I really want to make a difference in the world and reorienting to my why, you know, my friend Andres uh, Prichel, who's a, also a health coach, uh, who has a podcast who I should introduce you to as yeah. well. He, he says, start with why. And it's a golden rule from uh, from someone else, which we can link. And once you get back to your why, why did I become a therapist? And, and you told your story so beautifully on my podcast. And for me, it's why did I become someone that helps people with their health? And, and now you know. And so when I get distracted or there's a shiny object or I want to go in the opposite direction, I say, wait a minute, I'm here to help people just feel better, feel more in control of their lives. So I'm just excited to keep reconnecting to that. I love that. And I, I sense too, finding new ways to do mm -hmm. that. 
for others for sure. and, and yourself that reflect you and what you're learning and what you're able to offer, like that feedback loop. Exactly. I'm like really refining that, like as if it was yeah. a manufacturing process. So there's going to be like a yeah. light version, which is a little cheaper. There's going to be a medium version. Then there's going to be the VIP concierge version. But I, oh, I, I want to make health accessible and I want to make it repeatable and simple and easy, like you said. So I'm really excited to just keep working that system, keep making it better. That's awesome. And I know in the beginning, we started with yoga, where you shared your story in New York. And just to yoga has come back into my life in the last six Mm. months. And I'm a retired fitness teacher. I taught spin class for about 15 years. And I've done three half Ironman triathlons and like 16 half marathons and all kinds, like probably hundreds of five and 10 K's. And so my body over the years, like though, and weightlifting, I've loved weightlifting and CrossFit. And I had a stint for a few years doing yoga and then I did it too much. I tend to, I can be extreme. So I did like 90 days of hot yoga in a row and, and just burn out and was like, kind of like, fuck yoga. Like, oh my gosh, I just, you know, and put it away until in the last couple of years, I've gotten some, you even alluded to like, uh, ailments like aches and pains that started to impede my ability to lift weights and do the things I love physically. And I went to um, a acupuncturist here in LA and he suggested yoga. And I had been thinking of it. Like I mm-hmm. felt like my body was saying you need yoga. And I was like, okay, well, let's do it this time in a more healthy way, not a class every day that you burn out and yoga. It's been the best thing to come back to yoga. And like, you were that teacher. You said people are like, thank you. Like, I think my tea, I love my teachers because they help me to bring myself physically, emotionally, spiritually. I have spiritual experiences in yoga, just stretching. Like you said, I feel like sometimes I get emotional because I know it can release, you know, emotions in the body, certain poses and holding them. And I notice the slower when, when we have to hold a pose longer, I start to feel very frustrated. And it's like mm. interesting insight into my psychology. And I think there's so much that yoga teaches us about our thoughts, about how we move through life. And so being back at yoga at the studio, Hot 8 here in LA, I love my teachers. I love everything. So I appreciate you being a yoga teacher because it's really helped me to change my life for the better and my mind. It sounds like you're loving it. You know, being back, even if there's a bit of initial, initial, like you had to hear it from a couple sources, but those you were hearing it a couple times in your life. And then you came back and uh, even if you're getting emotional a bit and like you're, you're doing it differently. And I think that's probably exciting too. like in a new way, you're doing it in a a new way. It's not the old yoga, you know, it's a a new Lisa or different Lisa. It is like making it sustainable. Absolutely. Like versus really. And I love like throwing myself in something and getting to know everything about it. But I've learned when I do that, I tend to burn out at some Mm. point versus let's go to two or three classes a week versus six and then walk on other days, lift weights on others. It's made my weightlifting more beneficial. I feel fresher and stronger doing that a few times a week versus every day. Like my muscles weren't elongating. They were actually shortening and I was Uh getting weaker rather than stronger because I was Uh lifting too frequently. So Uh just realigning how health for me is looking like today. It's been pretty awesome though. It was daunting at first. 
I bet. I didn't know you taught spin. That's so cool. You definitely have. I'm sure you sent some real energy into those classes. I did. There was energy. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. There's f bombs and energy. Oh yeah. Yes, like yeah, fucking pick it up. Like yeah. What's your spin? What's your spin music? I'm curious. Like DJ, DJ, DJ stuff. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Nice. Yeah. Similar. Definitely DJ dance music. High energy. Yes. I still listen to that when I work out. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I wonder, I just so curious with when you work out, you do the DJ dance music and it gets you going, right? It does, but sometimes I work out without music when I feel like I need a connection to mm-hmm. my body. Like, there, if there's a lot on my mind, sometimes I feel like music would be the worst thing. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. present. And I've mm-hmm. in the past, I've injured myself like that, not being present. And so I'm really more conscious of my body. And, and like, so there's sometimes I don't listen to music at all, which mm-hmm. surprises me because I never used to be able to do that. And other days mm-hmm. when I do, how about you? Same thing. I'm going through the same thing where I used to be music every workout, love yeah. it. it would really get me in the zone and probably like a coffee shot. And now I realized also kind of I got to tune in. And if there was no music there, would I still be able to do it? And I try to retrain my brain in a way and just David Goggins. Like, do you know David Goggins, that runner guy, yes, former yes. Navy SEAL? You like yeah. Goggins? Yeah. So he's like, well, would there be music if you're running from a bear? I, I can't do a great <laughs> Goggins accent right now. Sounds like a little bitch without the music, you know? <laughs> You know, the, the videos awesome. where he's running. Yes. Oh, man, he's he's great. He's so awesome. I, I was inspired by him not to listen to music when I work out because um, you get that dopamine hit and that like feeling of doing the same thing repeatedly, like teaching spin for 15 years. I taught hit classes for so long that you turn on the music, you start teaching, you start feeling really good. And I'm like, huh, I wonder if I can change the way I feel and still get that good feeling from a different vibe. So yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious I'm, your take on it um, as I a psychologist. You know, I yeah. know now, like when I'm working on something new, like I've, I'm committed to ha- doing really like, like my reverse lunge, a separate leg reverse mm-hmm. lunges and like mm-hmm. increasing the weight. And I, you know, like nice. my balance can be a little off and I find uh-huh. that with music is just too much. Like I just, I want mm-hmm. no distraction. And like, mm-hmm. I've been able to increase to like 35 pounds and practicing like above my head, like holding weight above Ooh, my head, like okay. really core balance. Yeah. And I feel like I don't want music with that because it's mm-hmm. so like precarious. Like I feel like, you know, when something <laughs> you're on the edge, like it's not comfortable oh, yeah. yet and like yeah. you're getting it, but it's like, I really want my full presence because I feel a little scared sometimes like stepping back. I don't want to hurt my knees or anything as well as doing about like a, a BOSU ball, turning it upside down and mm-hmm. doing Bouncing like squats. No, like turning it upside down. So the flat side is up uh, and the round is on the floor and doing uh-huh. like taking a, a bar and doing squats with the, the okay. instability and the yeah mm-hmm. and like nice. with that i usually don't want music because it's like so i'm really concentrating on like being stable yeah so i kind of yeah. like that because it like, absorbs you in the moment so much and i think that's when we're really kind of like being transformed it's like you're really in that moment like i'm not thinking of what's coming later or before you know and i think it's hard to find those moments where we're really absorbed in it i think we have mm-hmm. to like like create those how, how about you I would agree. I think interestingly, probably using the music is probably to be in those moments initially. Like that's what we were using the music for is to tune in to our to not anything else, just what's happening in that moment. But the music yeah. was the the precursor for us to get in that focused, maybe even flow state. And flow state. Now yeah, I've been learning a little bit about flow state. I don't know if it's something you, you think about. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah. And you probably coach your clients on. 
Yeah. Now, when, when you do no music, I think it gets you that same present place, but you're not using the external stimuli. So um, you can then, I think, I imagine that being in that silent space probably would carry over better to quote unquote normal life than, you know, blasting EDM in your ears. Because right, right. even though like I love, you know, I love yeah, that energy here. too, yeah. but it's like maybe that folk, like maybe having the silence here and the silence at that other time probably aligns you better to perform in other parts of your life or to chill out in other parts yeah. of your life. I don't know. I'm yeah. just speculating. Yeah. No, I love this conversation, Alex. It, so I'd love to have you on in the future as well. And mm. I want to share with listeners, your website is alexloveshealth.com. Exactly. Yeah. On Instagram, you're at alexlovescardio. Yeah. That's a little older. That's a little older. I still really love, cardio. love cardio. Okay. I do. I'm like, I could, I could just run and jump and bounce and dance forever. So yeah. I think it feels true. like play for you. Like you're playing. So yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, it's so fun. Um, and I, I don't know if. I don't know what I like about it so much, but that's me. So I'm Alex Loves Health on website, Alex Loves Cardio on Instagram. And what else? The Green Pill Podcast will be coming out soon yeah. with you. So awesome. we'll catch that. Mm -hmm. Thank you for taking your time today with us, Alex. Thank you so much, Lisa. It was so cool. I was looking forward to this and it was so me fun and, and also deep. So that was good. Yes. And I can't wait to yeah. see you when I'm in LA or New Orleans this year. Me too. And me seeing okay. you as well. I see that happening. Yeah, same. Awesome. To be okay. continued. Mwah. All right. Bye. 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 See you. That concludes today's show with Alan Shenkorovsky of the Green Pill Podcast. Learn more about him, alexloveshealth.com, everything else we talked about. All of my love to you, and I look forward to hearing from you. Let me know what you think about the show, guests you want me to interview, topics you want me to cover. Lisa at nolatherapy.com is my email. And rate and review this podcast, please, on the platform that you're listening to. Bye. And that's a wrap. Thank you. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review All Things Therapy on the platform you're listening from. And let's connect on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at NOLA Therapy, the abbreviation for New Orleans, Los Angeles Therapy, reflecting my two favorite cities. And let's keep changing consciousness, one conversation at a time.